1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Welcome to this groovy edition of the Beast of the East. Man, I love this new intro music. It's really good. You can hear it in the background. I am your host Corey Burton. Joining me is
1: Craig Glad. Craig, what's up, man? Uh, glad to be back. Corey it was uh, nothing's worse than a summer cold, and it. I was in the grips of one this time last week, but feel much better. Man, it's
0: it's brutal. It's brutal. Colds are brutal. I guess with all the mask wearing and all the stuff we had with COVID protocols, that I guess it just got delayed, right? So.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it just uh really uh kicked my rear in and uh but but we're we're uh we're back to 100%.
0: Good. Good, 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 good. Glad to have you back. Uh, Steve did a good job pinch hitting for you,
1: but guess what? It just ain't the same, man. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure the ladies liked him <clears throat> better than than myself. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: it's all good, man. But uh, we are the beasts of the east, uh, coming at you live uh, on Willis Digital Media. You can also pick us up. On on the Believe podcast network, these words are tough. The English language words, words, words. Uh, anywhere you find your podcast, uh, you, you can you can find our show. Uh, so feel free to click on there, listen, give us a shout, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Uh, we uh, we're covering the SEC East. We got a great show. We are presented by Bet Online. However. Uh, the, uh, the summer is rapidly closing. I use school as my benchmark for the summer rapidly coming to a close. If you're into sports betting bet online is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets on games or futures or who you think will win the championship bet online has all the latest odds, news info for all your online sports betting needs. If you want to bet on the Braves, they're red hot. So, um, go, uh, go bet on the Braves. And uh, visit the website today, use your mobile device, join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, no matter what device you use. So, before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Craig, we got a lot in the news, man. Um, Scott Cochran is taking a sabbatical, uh, needed, some, uh, needed some mental health, I guess, and some physical health. So, he's taking a sabbatical from the Georgia. Uh, coaching staff so uh, in steps will must champ Uh, title to be determined but as of right now he's kind of just filling in a special teams coordinator but you might see some reshuffling of the deck here Uh, what do you think about this move
1: surprising uh, to say the least uh, Corey but uh, you know you wish uh, uh, Scott well uh, as he's uh obviously if if he's stepping away from it, that's uh that there's some things he needs to take care of and uh you know, uh, unfor- uh well, I'll say this a lot of not a lot of people don't believe this, but guess what life uh uh is it goes on, and um football is not life uh you know you got to take care yeah. of your personal life, but it was surprising uh, like I said, it came out of the blue to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Will Muschamp is is a guy, you know, obviously, uh, he's Georgia through and through, even though he's, you know, had head coaching jobs at Florida and South Carolina. But, you know, his roots obviously, he, he was a terrific player at Georgia, and uh, you know, he and Kirby are, are big friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is basically a year early. Uh, I think this time next year, he would have been. He would have been a coach, a position coach, somewhere uh, on the Georgia staff.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And he, he might have he might have stepped right into that defensive coordinator role because uh, Georgia's defensive coordinator Dan Landing is a rising star. There's no doubt that he would have gotten some sort of head coaching opportunity. He had probably a few, um, but he would have gotten some you know, even more after after what's looking to be a special special year uh, for that group. But nonetheless, you, you get some shakeup and you get a, you get a guy on the field. That's been great as a head coach. You get him uh, who's been great as a defensive coordinator. Um, he's done some really, really good things, despite a terrible ending at Florida and a terrible ending at South Carolina, just could never figure out how to recruit on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so as a head coach, maybe he wasn't the best, but as far as defensive knowledge and position coaches, and, and getting guys motivated. He's one of the best in the business. Um, it just didn't, some guys just aren't head coaches and and will Muschamp just is not a head coach. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth, Corey. I, I agree with you. I, I just don't at this point, I, I think at some point he probably will get another chance to be a head coach somewhere, but I'm like you, um, you know, uh, you were at Florida, and uh, you know things unraveled there. And obviously, Florida is a terrific job. I mean, you're not lacking for any resources there. Right. Uh, South Carolina, another really good job. Obviously, not yeah. as good as not as good as South Carolina, but just equally not to success. And it, and you're right. He never seemed to be able to get that offensive coordinator pick just right for him. And it's very important if you're concentrating on the defensive end of things, to be able to get a guy in there, you can trust and know that he's going to do the job. He was never able to do that.
0: No, he wasn't. And, and, And that's a shame. It just, you know, but like I said, some people just aren't meant to be head coaches. He just could never get it figured out, could never get the recruiting going, had a ton of draft picks. Uh, from the defensive side of the ball that came out of South Carolina and that came out of Florida, so the guy can develop talent. The guy has a great culture around this program. It just just wasn't quite up to snuff. So that's okay. Now he steps into Georgia. He's going to recruit as a position coach. Now uh, I, I don't know what he does besides. Does he have a big role in special teams in the meantime? Is it a is it a situation where? He's helping out with a with a certain position. Maybe he, him, and uh, a die. Maybe they split the defensive backfield, and, and you have a lot of legwork with spe- with the special teams analyst as far as scheme goes. I, I don't know. There, there's there, that remains to be seen. But I'm excited to get that head coaching experience out on the field. You need another set of eyes. You need another perspective. You need somebody pushing back a little bit on. Uh, on Kirby. So kind of, I guess to kind of keep them in check or kind of just remind them, Hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta get this thing going or, Hey, let's let the offense get there, uh, get their teeth going. So um, they did a red zone drill uh, in practice. I think they're what day two or day three in, in training camp. Now uh, offense scored um, offense let off the drill scored in three plays. So um, t- to answer the question, is Kirby going to let his, let his hand or let his foot off the throat of the offense. It appears so. They're, they're, the offense is looking very, very explosive. Uh, Brock Bowers and Brock Vandergriff, both Brocks uh, on the roster, are looking quite impressive. Uh, so one of the big storylines, of course, is that backup quarterback job. Who's going to get it, Brock Vandegrift, Carson Beck, or is it Stetson Bennett? To me, I think eventually Brock Vandergriff's talent is going to be hard to to keep out of that spot. I think he's going to end up winning that job. He's been looking impressive so far in camp, but so is Carson Beck too. So it's going to be it's going to be down to the wire. It might this battle might kind of go back and forth all season long, actually.
1: Yeah, and and you wonder too, you know, um, you know, I, I like JT Daniels. I loved I loved what I saw of him when he was when he was starting, but. We have a small sample size, Corey. So, you know, there's still just that little bit of question there. There And do you, I mean, I mean, you wonder how quick of a hook uh, Kirby would have if
0: he needed to. Yeah. I mean, or, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think that JT Daniels is not exactly the most mobile of quarterbacks. So what if he takes a big shot? Right. If he goes, what if he goes down, which is very, very possible. So who knows what's going to happen and how far along Brock Vandegriff is coming and all that good stuff. So um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see how that quarterback competition goes. I, I think JT needs this competition. I think he needs somebody like Brock Vandegrift to push him and make him even more focused than he is. Um, the intelligence that JT has, the experience that he got early on at USC and, and of course, stepping in last year um, after his knee was finally cleared for – for play I had a pretty gruesome knee injury uh, at USC so just now recovering from it about a year and a half later so it's not uh you know but now he's fully healthy he he trusts that leg and and you could see at parts last year Craig that he just did not trust that leg when he was making throws Mm -hmm. he left some throws short because he just wasn't driving all the way through it yeah you're right you're exactly right and also, uh, and then we'll cover this some on the on I believe in Georgia Dogs podcast too, a little bit more in depth. But um, the first the first injury bug has bitten the starting the starting center Warren Erickson. He's out with a hand injury right now, um, so Cedric Van Pran is getting some first team reps at center. That's a kind of a tight battle. So a little bit of bad luck for Warren Erickson, but this offensive line is going to shake out uh, pretty interestingly because. The goal, the ultimate goal, would be to get Amarius Mims at left tackle and Jamari Sawyer back down to guard. But do you stick a true freshman in against Clemson? No, not a chance. So Sawyer's been getting left tackle, first team left tackle reps for right now. But the goal ultimately is to move him
1: inside. He would have to be Mims would have to be have an incredible camp uh, in order to get that start. You're exactly right. That that is a lot of pressure on a critical critical position on your football team a lot of people don't think oh it's the quarterback the running back but I'm telling you that tackle position there you're out there on an island and you're going to be facing a tremendous athlete whoever's out there for Clemson uh who has some great speed so something he has not seen in high school even though he was highly decorated in high school has all the measurables but you know to stick him out there the first thing right off the bat against Clemson, uh, you know that you're right. He's going to have to have he's going to have to have a great great camp for that to happen.
0: He, he is he is absolutely because it's one thing to have a ton of talent, ton of physical talent, and have all the tools and measurables and all that stuff, but you can't stick a true freshman out there against Brent Venables. That's like dangling uh, dangling an injured fish in front of a great white. I mean, that's just. That's bad. That's bad news, right there. It's a <laughs> recipe for disaster. And George is in a position to where they don't have to. You like my you like oh, I, my analogy, didn't you? Yes, um, I did. <laughs> but yeah, they're not. They're in a position where they don't have to do that. So why would they do that to themselves?
1: Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, he he's going to have to. Uh, like I said, he is going to have to be head and shoulders above someone else in order to for that to happen, uh, and then then I still wouldn't think it would happen to be quite honest with you. Cause you know how co- coach is going to lean on experience right. much more than they are, uh, you know, a, a true freshman, even though he may be the best player out there that doesn't uh-huh. matter. You know, I, I can remember, you know, Jamal Lewis for, for Tennessee was the best running back, but he was a freshman. So guess what? He didn't get to play as much, <laughs> right. even though he was the best running back they had. Exactly. So you you, you got to earn it. You got to earn your stripes. You got
0: to earn the trust of not only the coaching staff, but those around you. So, yeah, I I definitely, definitely uh, agree with that. So um, let's move off of Georgia. If you want more Georgia camp information, uh, apparently believe the believe network has their own YouTube channel. They've been linking our believe in Georgia dog show on there uh and and uh, they're going to start probably linking our show in addition to uh, Willis Digital Media uh, the beast of the east the la- the latest georgia bulldog show has gotten 800 and counting likes or views so it's uh it's out- it's like vastly outperforming every other video that that we've put up Israel and I So I- i'm excited we're we're rapidly approaching 1000 views on that one so um check that one out for Sure. So Tennessee, I know, I know you're a Vol fan. I know you, I know you want to, uh, I know you want to rock and roll with them. Have you been keeping up with practice very much?
1: I have somewhat. Yes. Um, you know, and, and we talked, um, a little bit before the show and, uh, talked about the quarterback situation and, and, you know, obviously the, the number of candidates for the starting job, and uh, at this point, uh, there's not been a tip of the hand as to which one uh, leads, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I fully expect uh, there's no way you're going to keep all those quarterbacks around, no. starting even starting game one. Some someone will will transfer. There's no way to keep all those guys there. Um, no. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what ends up happening uh where he chooses to go and i don't necessarily think that the starter in game 1 is going to be the starter in game 2 exactly i mean it's that fluid as far as as far as I, you know i'm concerned yeah i mean there, there's there doesn't seem to
0: be any guy in in this group with realistically it's hooker milton and and bailey i don't think there's any one guy that really jumps out ahead of the other guy because they all do something differently well, and none of them do anything significantly better than the other. So they all have different skill sets, but to me, not one of them jumps out like hooker and and Milton look solid today. Harrison Bailey took a little bit of a, he had a little bit of an off day. I think he was missing a few, a few throws and and maybe the race is getting to him. I don't know, but uh, who, like, who do you anticipate winning this job?
1: Wow. That's least, a good at, question. At, at least for week one. <laughs> at let's least just, for week one. Let's
0: just say week one.
1: Wow. Uh, you know, um, it's to me, it's a, a toss of the coin, to be quite honest with you. I, You know, you would think, obviously, if Pruitt was still there, that uh-huh. obviously Bailey and Maurer would have the advantage mm-hmm. because they played a good bit last year. Mm-hmm. But you got a new coach coming in and everybody starts at the same level so at this point you know uh, they they all started the same nobody had an advantage over the other one so uh, it, it's pretty interesting i still go back to the fact that they took joe milton in the summer which told me that they were not satisfied with what they had seen uh, out of the quarterback position and just based on that, I, I'll give Milton the nod there because, like I said, I, I just don't think they would have taken him unless if they were happy with the position. I'll say that. But, like, I watched Milton
0: at Michigan, and he just was okay. But Yeah. is it, is it just Michigan and what they do? Or, like, why does he not jump out of the page at me?
1: Well, I mean, you're right. He has all the measurables. I mean, 6'5", 244 is what he's listed at. He's got, you know, a, a cannon for an arm. He has all – he he will wow you. But, again, you're right. Uh, he did not wow anybody at Michigan. Uh, so, you got to wonder, uh, will he get under Hypal and Blossom? Who knows? Oh, no. that's, that's, that's the – $64,000 question, uh, <laughs> at this point. And, uh, yes, exactly. Uh, like I said, I just don't I, purely based on the fact that they took Milton during the summer is the only reason I'm, I'm picking him so far in this just based on just on that really. And like I said, yeah. they've done a really good job of not tipping their hand. You know, they've been, I don't think equal to, with I don't everything. Think, I don't think there's a hand to tip right now. Well, that's true. I mean, if they do like one in particular, they're leaning towards. Uh, you're not going to at this point. They're not showing it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think they know yet. And t- to me, I think I think Hendon Hooker made a mistake leaving Virginia Tech, um, where he was the dude. Uh, yeah. And uh, Harrison Bailey, he just I, I wish Pruitt would have developed him a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think when you look at the skill set that's needed for Josh Heupel's offense, I think he has the skill set. Does he have the mental part of it? I, I don't know. Um, he seems to be struggling a little bit right now, uh, as far as with his accuracy. Does Joe Milton have the skill set to, to for, for this offense? I, I guess obviously he does, or Heupel wouldn't have taken him, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch coming down the stretch. This, this is, Obviously, going to be the headliner of of Tennessee Tennessee fall camp. Uh, you're going to see those quarterback quarterback battle day one, quarterback battle day two, day three, day four, day five. It's going to be a daily thing, uh, especially uh, with it being such a high profile position. But you know, whoever wins this thing, I, I think will be in good shape with uh, with Josh Heupel calling the shots. And I got to say that uh, Kyler Kerbison, uh I, I have to I have to keep hating. Uh, Because I'll lose my dog card, but uh, in all seriousness, don't tell anybody, but I really like Josh Heupel. I really think they made a good decision. They're going to be fun to watch because they're going to be, they're they're not going to be able to really stop anybody, but they're going to score some points. So don't hold, see. so dog fans, earmuffs, Tennessee will be a problem in like three years. They will be well, a problem in three years, yeah they got they got the roster is terrible, so here's my thing on Tennessee. A lot of people say, well, Tennessee's gonna suck this year. no they're not gonna suck they're probably gonna win a lot of games, but there's a difference between like sucking and not winning a whole lot of games like they mm-hmm. they're gonna be competitive and probably be on the losing end because of depth because of roster, the talent disparity of of rosters and just things that you can fight as hard as you want, but you're just not going to win. Like it, this is kind of like a high school problem for, for Tennessee. Like you have the haves and the have nots. Like it'd be, it'd be kind of like cookville going against or uh, going against Oakland for yeah. those of you that live in, in the great state of Tennessee. Like there's only so much cookville can do, but they're just not going to pull through. And that's what Tennessee is going to be week in and week out in this league. So they're not there yet. They're not going to suck. There's not a team in this in this league that I think sucks. There's teams that play hard that that are behind talent wise, but mm-hmm. there's not a team in this in this league, all 14, that suck. Yeah. Right? There, there's teams like Syracuse. Sorry, Syracuse, y'all suck. Right. <laughs> there's teams like Kansas. Kansas, oh yeah, sucks. I'll, I'll give
1: you that one. Yeah, Texas Tech that one
0: sucks, right? Uh, Rutgers, they used to suck. They're they're getting yeah. competitive now. But Maryland, they used to suck, but they're getting competitive. Like there's some teams that used to suck that that don't suck anymore. But like when when, when I say a team sucks, they're just they make a ton of mistakes, they have a ton of penalties, and they just they lose. St- they have stupid losses and their losses usually come from bonehead plays.
1: I think I tell you what, Corey, look at, looking uh, just at, at the first couple of games, you know, That's obviously the way it, I could say they're going to win like, yeah, three games. yeah, <laughs> you know, l- just looking at it, they, the, they can't take anyone for granted that includes Bowling Green to start off the year. Correct. I do. Do I think they'll be bowling? I do. The next game I think is a huge game for them, and that's Pitt. Pitt is a game that they could win. Pitt got a good. Pitt's Pitt got can't a good. Do anything good on offense. Pitt. Yeah. Can't, I mean,
0: they. They are. They are really good on defense.
1: Yeah, that really would be good a good win for Tennessee, in a in a win that they would need to go into the gauntlet of their SEC schedule. Yeah exactly so we'll see you know that like i said they can't take bowling green for granted they can't take anyone for granted uh uh, so you know but i think they'll beat bowling green and then that pit game will be that'll be a huge game for them and that could be an indicator of how many games they're going to end up winning uh, because it's a game that is winnable there are some games on their schedule that are not winnable that game is a winnable exactly so
0: i look forward to seeing what tennessee can do uh hopefully they don't prove hopefully they prove me right i I think they're just going to have problems with their with their lack of depth on their roster i think they're going to play exciting football i think they're going to be good down the stretch how about uh how about we cross how about we go down i-40 for a minute have you seen these new vanderbilt have you seen their new? They got a new look, new identity, new everything. Like they're hitting home runs left and right, um, pun intended, because their baseball team is good. But um, I really, this uniform reveal, I really think they're, I really think they're hitting it with this. I'm a big fan of it. And Steve is the president. I'm the vice president of the Ken Seals Fan Club. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here for these uniforms. Do I think they're gonna win? Do I think they're going to finish second in the East? No, not a chance, but there are a lot of good things coming from Vandy camp.
1: Well, as far as the uniforms go, I I don't, I like the uniforms. I'm not in love with the helmet. Uh, I'm not in love with the V to me. Your, your, your logo is the star with the V in it. Uh, I don't see that V anywhere, you know, as, as a solo logo, I don't right. dislike it, but I would like the star V better. Star with the the V in it. Uh, they they and I and to be quite honest with you, I did not mind the the uh, anchor and the chain on the helmets last year. I thought that was kind of a cool look. That was um, cool look. But but you know, you can't continue to change uniforms as much as Vanderbilt has. You gotta have an identity. You gotta have that iconic symbol. Uh, let's be quite honest. How many times have you uh, Alabama's been <laughs> that boring red and white with nothing but a number on the side of their helmet for many, 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 many years? That's their identity.
0: Well, I, I guess if Andy starts winning, they can finally whatever uniforms they're winning in, they can just go with that. They they got, <laughs> they're just they're just searching for something they're trying to get rid of the the, the Derek Mason stink too so i don't blame them there
1: no, i don't know. i don't blame them either like i, I said I, I like the I retro a little it. bit yeah, yeah. I, I i like you know i like the uniforms don't love the helmet i don't dislike it but i just would gone with the the star v they
0: they're going with the, the the vandy boys hat look where yes got that get the stretched out long tall v that's right. They're hoping to catch some of that magic, which it's not a bad place to look because Vandy's baseball team is obviously the best team on campus. So, um, you know, whatever whatever they need to do. I, I, like I said, I like the retro look. I like the I like the the, the big tall V. I think it's a, I think it's a good change up. But uh, at some point, they need to get back to the star with the V in it, or maybe if they start one these, that becomes a logo of the past, kind of like the Detroit Pistons when. They, briefly went to that uh that look that they had in in the late 90s early 2000s before they changed back to their original uh red white and blue so i don't know they're just trying to find a fit so i I don't blame them but you know as we progress from the uh from the uniforms to actual practice i noticed that in the in the the video clips that they showed, they're wearing numbers. So that's a, that's a step in the right direction, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> it is. So, You're right. <laughs> so yes. Um, and I, I like the fact, you know, they're doing sort of a Friday night lights thing for practice. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. You've got to do, yeah. you've got to do everything you can do to, to, uh, stir up some enthusiasm with your fan base, with your players, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, you know, there's not been a lot of success over there uh, since James Franklin left. And, uh, exactly. you know, he had things rolling. Uh, he had thing, he had enthusiasm, the fan base, et cetera. And it's gone downhill since he left. And so, you know, you've got to do things a little uh, against the grain in order to get some people back in the stands. Yeah, there
0: was a there was a tweet on the on the jersey number stuff. Clark Lee said that on jersey number selection that he is not using repeating numbers and players who did not earn a number by the start of preseason practices had one chosen for them. So I, I kind of like that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean they they've you know for Vandy it, it's not necessarily right now about. X's and O's and and really even about the, the players that you have. It's about getting enthusiasm around your program so that you can start the recruiting process. Like they're they're still trying to figure out how to get out of the gate in recruiting. And they've got a long way to go. So they're trying to get things like Friday. I mean, they they're gonna have to do probably a lot of Thursday games if if they want to. Uh, I know the SEC is not really uh, in, enthusiastic about playing on Thursday nights, but for for a squad like Vandy, they need to figure out how to get in the limelight as as much as possible, and just start drumming up some excitement. You're exactly right on that. They've got to find that enthusiasm. They've got to do things like Friday Night Lights. They've got to have you know visible practices. They've got to just find ways to get fans in front of their product or get their product in front of fans, I should say. So whatever they can do, they got to get, they're going to get creative. That's for sure. And our, and our guy, Barton Simmons is the guy to do that.
1: You know, I, I, I'm just thinking back to Vanderbilt, you know, to me, it starts with that stadium um mm-hmm. you know i know they have plans to oh, to do God. a lot of renovations it's, and do things but it's you know that's the overdue- Kurt left it oh yeah exactly i was about to say that it's been 40 years since they've really done any major improvements to it and it and it looks to be quite honest with you you know it's not a fun experience to go to a vanderbilt game um just for various reasons uh, you know they are uh, short on restrooms and thus it is a, tr- you know, halftime is a, is chaos to get yeah. to the, get to a restroom at Vanderbilt because there's just not that many in there. And that, that makes it bad. And like I said, you know, it just, it's just not fan friendly. It looks old. There's nothing about it that uh makes you go, Hey, wow, this is really, this is really cool. No, nothing. There's nothing about it. Um, that that is that, and you know, it just uh you can't. If you're going to be in the SEC, uh, you can't just continue to collect that paycheck and not put it back into what is is the cash cow for the conference, and that's football. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, got to figure it out, man. Got to figure out how to to make it marketable. I don't think it. Like I said, I don't think it matters about players right now. It's all about fans. So, uh speaking of fans, uh speaking of teams that look and need a boost. Let's go down to Florida for a second. Um let, let's let's uh so we're going to go past so we've we've talked Will Muschamp, check. Tennessee, check. Vandy uniforms. Check. It's pretty sad when that's your top headline. <laughs> um looking at looking at them Gators, I know I know it's the Gators, but uh, a lot of interesting things from camp there. Um, you know, two of the biggest stories right now, uh, defensive line, they got a lot of transfers. Uh, seems seems that they are having a major impact there. And then, of course, um, you know, life after Kyle Pitts. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is, was the centerpiece. So looking at these tight ends, when you look at the Gators – and this is uh, Gator. Uh, my, my reference point here is Gator's territory, which is part of the rivals, which is part of the rivals network. My, my friends down at Rivals, Declan Walsh uh, is is uh, is one of the contributors over there. So um, you look at Kyle Pitts. You look at re- replacing him. Not an easy thing to do. He had just no. a few, just a few yards and a couple touchdowns and. A few highlights, maybe I don't know he's uh he's gonna be playing football in in Atlanta this year. so Tim Brewster comes in uh, as Florida's uh, tight ends coach and uh, he's got quite a project on his hands right now so uh, when 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 you look at this tight ends room, what jumps out at you?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I don't know that I don't know that anything jumps out at me. As you said before, whoever replaces Pitts uh, is going to be a shadow of him, basically, meaning nowhere near his talent. I mean, there was not the guy was amazing. Uh, he yeah. was a you know. He was a huge wide receiver, if you want to say that. You know, yeah. he was not anything like any tight ends normally right. are. Uh, he could really move, had terrific hands, you know, had plenty of size, but, I mean, was just incredible. And, you know, there's a reason he was the a very, very high draft pick by your Falcons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's – uh well deserving too.
0: Apparently, he's making some some noise in, in camp. Not to not to be a beast of the NFC South, but um, he's making some noise at, at Falcons camp, and uh, he has a lot of viral clips. So look forward to seeing what Kyle Pitts can do for the Dirty Birds. But uh, Kenworth Gamble is is a name. Uh, Keon Zipper, Jonathan Odom. Uh, are are, are guys that I think will will contribute a lot at that position. Tight ends coach Tim Brewster said, quote, and this is according to an article on Gators Territory, he said, quote, everybody says we're going to miss Kyle Pitts. What are we going to do without Kyle Pitts? Well, guess what? Kenmore Gamble's going to be the best tight end in the SEC. What do you you think about that? What do I think about that? Hmm. There's a lot of tight ends in this league that have something to say about that. Tim Brewster like Wiedermeyer at Texas A&;M uh, I guess Darnell Washington at Georgia uh, the, the that's that's two that are probably better than gamble how um, about mr Gilbert not really a tight end but they
1: still uh, he's yeah, still he, going he, to be I he, guarantee he he'll you'll he'll be considered a tight end
0: yeah he will be yeah. um but you know I I, I mean he This guy might be good. I don't know. Gamble might be good. But to to say that he's going to jump in it, I mean, obviously, you're the tight ends coach and you have to say that, I think. And I appreciate him saying that. I would say that myself. It wouldn't matter if my tight end was ranked 14th in the league. Um, (laughs) I would say that he's going to be the best in the conference because what else do you say? Uh, I just, you know, it's just coach speak to me. I don't, I mean, I think Kenmore is going to be good. But is he going to be the best? No, they're probably not going to use the tight end all that much. They're probably, I mean, they're probably going to run a lot with Emory Jones and they're probably going to take shots downfield. It's probably going to be a lot of the Tebow offense, the Dak Prescott offense, the, you know, all that stuff. Like Emory Jones is not Kyle Trask. So if you're expecting Kyle Trask, you're expecting the wrong thing, Florida fans. Like, don't expect Kyle Trask, expect Emory Jones to be more like Nick Fitzgerald. He can get the ball down the field. There's going to be ac- inaccurate at times. Probably going to get b- banged around some. You're probably going to have that. You're probably going to have, to have that backup quarterback ready because if you run the quarterback as, as much as they're going to have to, it'd be stupid not to have the backup ready because your guys going to take some shots. So, um, but you know, the uh, the tight ends will be used as as necessary. Uh, so I, I think that'll be interesting to say the least, but, you know, what about the D line?
1: Well, to me, that was, that's really a strength of this team. Um, you know, they have some really good players on there. And and I thought really, to be quite honest, they, they underachieved last year c- compared to what I thought they would uh, at the beginning of the year. And, and like mm-hmm. I said, I think that's going to be a strength of this Of this team and let's be quite honest i think this defense is going to have to carry the team early on especially uh when you got even though uh jones has some some game experience but he hasn't been the man yet and there's a difference no
0: no, he he hasn't been and they they've got a few few guys they've uh some some transfers here john greenard from louisville Uh, he, uh, he was a success story as a transfer. Then they're bringing in two other guys on the defensive line. One from Auburn. I'm trying to find his name. Uh, Dequan Newkirk from Auburn and from Penn state, Antonio Valentino. So they're, they're really dipping into the transfer market here, which is, I guess, a good thing in the short term, but Really a bad thing in the long term because you're gonna have a giant hole that you may not be able to fill because well, you haven't really had as much success recruiting as everyone would like you to, like the or the level of recruiting that you should have at the University of Florida, you don't have that. So you gotta be careful with with this transfer market. But I guess the transfer market and the transfer portal is gonna be a lot bigger of a market now than it ever was. So I guess it's not a horrible thing, but you got to be careful. Like these guys, you don't know what they have. You don't know what chemistry they bring. You don't know if they're all going to leave at the same time and leave you kind of scrambling. Who knows?
1: Well, I think the fact that they're counting on, as you mentioned, counting on a lot of these transfers is an indicator of their woeful recruiting for a team. Like Florida, where it's located, the number of players in that state, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I agree with you. That's a bad indicator uh, there. Now, I can see, for example, Tennessee, obviously they had to have a lot of transfers because they had a lot of guys leave. So there's a big difference there. Uh, You know, uh, for example, Alabama was, they, you know, very few. Obviously, the, the headliner, to 0 2 but, you know, very few. uh, You know, and like I said, I agree with you. That, to me, is that's a bad indicator of how your recruiting has been.
0: Exactly. And so, they're going to have to pick it up a little bit, you know. And they're going to – I mean, th- he's going to be forced to make a decision at the defensive coordinator spot with Todd Grantham. It, it's going to come to a head – you know, Grantham, you know, he's never fixed the problem of he's an NFL guy that's trying to install an NFL defense with time restrictions on practice. It'd be like Sean McVay coming to Hillwood and trying to install his Rams offense. It just won't work because it's too much. You can't remember it, you can't learn it. And it's, I don't know. I mean, they have gotta make a move there if they wanna if they wanna to jump to the next level. Like you have to find a coordinator that can recruit. I don't know that Grantham can recruit all that well. So um let's uh
1: you know let's do it. Do you think let me ask you this? Obviously there were a few dust ups with him and Mullen during the year, you know, that were caught on TV. Uh their defense was uh, not up to Florida standards last year by any stretch. Right. Do you think if if they start off and get giving up a lot of points and the defense looks really bad, do you think he makes a move during the year, Mullen? I think so.
0: I, I, I think he's. I, I think he has that frame of mind. I. I think I'm surprised that he was able to come back to start the season. I agree I thought he I thought he was as good as gone,
1: yeah, I agree so with you.
0: so no, it wouldn't surprise me, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he held on to him for the remainder of the season, knowing that you know they're let's be honest, everybody's fighting, I mean, I know they got to play the games on the field, and this league is far from guaranteed, but Georgia's loaded, so I don't know. I, I don't know, like, you start struggling, you got to make a move. But, you know, what does he do? Does he potentially sacrifice this season early on, like week four? Yeah. I don't know. Or does he, you know, to me, I feel like you would give him a chance to kind of turn it around and just knowing that, hey, I can't really go and get a defense coordinator right now, uh, unless there's a guy that you really like on staff that you would like to give a partial season audition to, which would would be – Like Christian Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. Christian Robinson, I think, is going to be a star as, as a coach. I hope he's not a star at Florida. I hope he's a star somewhere else because I just don't want him to be good at Florida because I just can't handle that, right? As a Georgia fan. But I do think Christian Robinson is going to be a star in the coaching world, played at Georgia. That's not why I think he's going to be a star. I think he's really good. If you follow him, you'll know a uh, great recruiter. And I, I think he has a really good defensive base knowledge played for Grantham at Georgia uh, and, and, and came on board to work with them. I, I think that he can kind of take that defense and, and make it really, really good. Their linebackers play outstanding because Christian Robinson has developed them. Like there's certain aspects of this defense that play really, really well. They, so they have some good assistant coaches I just think it's it's a scheme thing for Florida. It really is. Like if they get the right coordinator that can develop every all the pieces and put enough scheme together, they're gonna be, they're gonna be real good. Real fast. And some you might have to you might have to you might have to cut Grantham out of there and and just see what so give Christian Robinson a shot mid season. I'd be all for that. If I, especially if I'm a Florida fan, Florida fan, like Florida fans, don't know what they have in Christian Robinson. I don't think Christian Robinson's good. They need to give him a shot.
1: Well, there's no doubt Grantham's on the hot seat. You know, probably Uh, I could probably make an argument that of the assistant coaches out there, he's the seat is hotter for him than anyone, any other assistant in the SEC. Oh, Uh, sure, and uh, you know, so the fans are already howling you know they howled during the year and then they were very vocal after the debacle against Oklahoma Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you know it it may come to a point where it's just so much that they're gonna have to make a move you know who knows like I said I just don't you know when you make a move mid-season you know that's that says some things just like you know uh when when Pruitt uh he fired uh, uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh, his Mm -hmm. defensive line coach. That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. And, you know, that was a precursor to not saying that Jimmy Brumbaugh was the reason, you know, him not being on the team, uh, being a coach, was the reason that they faltered. Uh, But it's a bad sign. It's a sign of uh, desperation. And let's be quite honest, it's not like Brumbaugh had a – had any track record at the University of Tennessee. It was his first year, you know, so that's a bad sign when you're doing that. Um, And Mm -hmm. and, as you said, you know, uh, you know, writing on the wall, Tennessee season uh, just went to in shambles.
0: It did. It really did. So who knows? Maybe, (laughs) you know, Florida's got a, they got a tough mix of, of games. So who knows they got a, like i said they got a tough mix of games it's not guaranteed that they're going to get through that gauntlet unscathed so i i don't really know so keep your eyes tuned on florida obviously defense is is one of the bigger stories uh in that bunch they've got to find something they've got to find something to hang their hat on they got to find some success if the, if they if they want to have a chance of keeping that defensive sta- staff intact.
1: So. Yeah, and and then I think on offense, they've got to find some playmakers. Now, they may be there, and we just haven't seen them yet, but on paper, they're not there at this point. And if you don't have – and it's hard for me to believe that it, – it, it's hard for me to hear myself say that, that mm-hmm. a Florida offense doesn't have playmakers. That's just – that's unheard of. Exactly, but – you lose so much at, at one time it's
0: you know it's kind of a tough deal so kind of kind of a tough deal. So let's uh, real quick before we go, have you heard anything about South Carolina?
1: I, I haven't it's been pretty quiet as far as I, I'm concerned. Uh, nothing really uh, heard anything that really jumped out at me uh, whatsoever. I, I think like uh, a Tennessee like Vanderbilt they they're searching at this point uh and you know uh it, to me you could group those three together and i might give tennessee the nod over the other two there but not by much um you know We'll we shall see. You know, they they could end up surprising some people. I don't think that'll happen. They could end up falling flat on their face. I don't. You know, I don't know. But I I just don't see again. I don't see. I, I don't see the star power there. You know, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. I, I just don't see it. And 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 let's be quite honest. You know, Tennessee with Josh Heupel, you go. Oh, okay. They've hired an offensive. I'll say. You know. Jug—I won't say juggernaut—but a guy who's known for his offense and has proven that he can put really good offenses out there on the field. Shane Beamer, yeah. What do you say about that? Where do you go with him? I mean, you got Clark Lee, Notre Dame defensive coordinator, did a really good job, put really good defense. In but where? Where is okay? When you say Shane Beamer, you go. Oh, he's a. What? I mean what 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 is he known for? He's known for
0: Okay, maybe he's known for hell he's just known cuz his last name is Beamer. I don't know. He he's been good. He has been but like what would you like what would you say if you didn't, you know, if you knew very little about Shane Beamer and the pedigree that he brings, what more would you say other than he's, he's a Beamer and he's probably good at special teams. Like what else would you say?
1: Oh, I agree with you. I, you know, I agree 100% with that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, as I said, you know, the diff. to me, the difference between Vanderbilt, Tennessee and South Carolina are Hypel and Lee versus Beamer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. Like I'm looking at Gamecock Central uh, and looking for some of the headlines and just kind of seeing what I can see and seeing what I can find and what the buzz is about cuz sometimes you get a lot about sometimes you get a lot from just what the buzz is from the from the fans like mm-hmm. what is everybody interested in. You know, because it's one thing to report on on several things, but what is everybody kind of interested in? Where's all the information gravitating towards? And like fourth on the list on, on the forum is people raving about this catch from Brian Edwards at oh, at uh Las Vegas Raiders camp. Like that's kind of <laughs> where we are with this with this bunch. So it was a pretty good catch though. It was a nice catch. Yeah. I'll give them that. But um, I, I think it's uh you know, I don't know. It, like much like Tennessee. Yeah. I picked Carol I picked South Carolina dead last and, and I think the difference is coaching between them in Tennessee and Vandy like I, I think it's gonna be Tennessee Vandy South Carolina mm-hmm. and, and and it's coaching not saying hype has been a head coach that's kind of where I'm given the that's where I'm kind of given the tiebreaker between those three like Clark Lee's in his debut season uh, Shane Beamers in his debut season Clark Lee at least has a defensive pedigree and identity and and building a super strong culture there at Vanderbilt not saying Shane Beamer's not building a great culture at South Carolina but like what's really their identity we don't know. Like Vanderbilt's going to play defense and they're going to run the ball and they're going to get back to kind of that James Franklin type style of play. Super aggressive, super physical, make you not want to play him again. Type mentality. Josh Heupel is going to go if I'm using a if i if you if you allow me to use a basketball reference, the Nolan Richardson 40 minutes of hell, except it's 60 minutes of hell. Like they're, yes. they're just, they're just the, the blitzkrieg offense. Right. And then you have South Carolina, like what, what are they going to do? Right. What are the Gamecocks going to be? We don't know. We don't know yet. We have to wait. It's a wait and see for them. So for now I'm a wait and see before I take them out of the, <laughs> out of the seventh spot in the East. So that's uh that's South Carolina. So, um, you know, Craig, that's going to do it for us. Uh lots of I'm just so glad training camp has started because we can just kind of we can just kind of breeze through a lot of the storylines, breeze through some of these forums, just kind of get a pulse of what's going on because at the end of the day, we're for the fan by the fan. Um you know, I'm not a beat writer, you're not a beat writer. We're we're kind of just you know, we're kind of just enjoying this from a different perspective, and that's kind of what we're all about. And and so this is fun, and this is, gives us stuff to talk about. So, I'm uh, I'm super excited that we're we're finally we're finally rolling right along. And and you know, there's going to be this the East, albeit not as much star power in the East as there is the West. But this is going to be a super competitive league, and it's going to be a fun league to watch because a lot of the new coaches are over here. Uh, you have Kentucky, who's discovered the Ford pass. You have Tennessee. I, I don't know. Like, what are they going to be? Well, we know they're going to be high-powered on offense. Can they stop anybody? Probably not, but that's okay. They're going to score a lot of points. You know what? What is Missouri going to be with Connor Bazelak? Super talented, super promising. Kiki Chisholm, a really good target friend to throw to. Is their defense going to improve? Maybe, maybe not. Um, we don't know. How are they going to replace Larry Roundtree? Uh, Georgia, with all this loaded roster, Can they get chemistry? Can they find that playmaker to step up at the wide receiver position? Remains to be seen. If you want to hear our conversation about it, go check out Israel and I's show uh, from last week, and and you'll find out kind of where we stand right now on on the whole wide receiver position. So uh, just lots lots of questions to be answered. How is Florida's offense going to fare? What are they going to look like? Who's going to emerge as their playmakers? Can the defense actually stop somebody and get off the field on third down? We don't know. Grantham Seed is red hot like we just discussed. So, um, like I said, lots of storylines. It's going to be fun.
1: Well, you know, we're not far from uh, having our first game. So, it's, you know, Tennessee will start things off on uh, September the 2nd. That's not that far off.
0: Nope, not, not at all. Not so, at all.
1: Uh, it will, you know, it, it's going to get down to the nitty gritty and, you know, we're as the weeks go on leading up to the, to season opener, uh, we'll, we'll have many answers to questions that we have right now.
0: Exactly. But we'll have more to come in, in the coming weeks. You know, you, you have us every Monday to, to lean on and say what's happening in the East. Well, we got you and, uh, we got you covered. So. Uh, that's going to do it for us, Craig. Uh, it's been fun, uh, but we'll 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 pick it back up next week. I'm sure we'll have a host of other storylines. We got plenty of quarterback battles to report on. We'll check in on those Wildcats of Kentucky. Uh, also, we'll give them a look. We'll give Missouri a look next week. Probably we'll we'll circle back around to Tennessee, see where they stand with their quarterback battle, and of course, the Bulldogs. We'll we'll check in on them as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't. Um, but we'll try to focus on a little bit more of the East since I get my Georgia fill with the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. So um, for Craig, I'm Corey. We'll see you back here next week. We are the Beast of the East presented by betonline.ag. So long. See you later. Have a great week. If, you start, if you're starting school, be careful and uh, enjoy. We'll see you back here next week. Goodbye.